Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. I was doing some traveling recently and I was visiting some of my relatives in Europe and I was having a chat with one of my older uncles. He's an older man, a distinguished gentleman. He had a long and prestigious business career and we were talking about the economy and what's happening in the world today. And I was asking him what his thoughts were on the situation with Greece and China and oil prices and some things like that. And I was saying, you know, you know are you worried about stuff like this? Um, you know, he's still an active investor himself in the markets and things. And I was asking him, you know, what do you think about what's happening in the world? Are you worried about things like this? And he said something very interesting to me and it just really got me thinking and he, his response was, no, no, basically, no, no, no. You've got to think in centuries, is what he said. Now, some of that might have been, some of what he meant might have been lost in the translation somewhat, granted. But uh, I think what he, what he meant when he said, you must think in centuries, is that a lot of these so-called crises that we're facing today in the world and in the economy and looking at Canada and what's happening here more locally, oil prices and the Bank of Canada, you know, lowering interest rates by a quarter of a percentage point. I think his point was was very wise and, you know, it definitely comes from somebody with a lot of experience and that is you've got to look at the bigger picture. You've got to look, you've got to think long term. When you start looking myopically, when you start micro, you know, managing your, your, your uh, perspective, so to speak, on the economy, on the markets, uh, you start to lose perspective. And we need to do the same thing as real estate investors. So I want to encourage you with this podcast this week to sort of think in centuries, uh, as it were, as my, uh, as my great uncle would, uh, would term it. You don't, you don't want to get caught up with little blips here and there in the economy. Now, right now, things are, are quite good, granted. Things are moving along very well. But, you know, the bumps in the road always come. We always have uh, ups and downs as real estate investors. But the most successful investors are those who are taking the long-term approach, are those who are thinking strategically, and they have a plan, and they stick to it over the long term. Those who are flippant here and there and and you know, when the slightest little news, oh, there's an interest rate change or, oh, there's a lot of condos that were registered, you know, on the market this quarter or, you know, this one builder and this one building is having a hard time selling units, uh, is the sky falling? This kind of thinking is really short-term focus and it's really missing the bigger picture. And so I want to encourage you to look at the bigger picture. I want to encourage you to think longer term. And I want to give you a few examples of what I mean by that on this podcast today and this quick episode I'm bringing you this week. Um, And another quote to sort of help you think about it, I think it's from Warren Buffett. I'm 90% sure it is, but somebody email me and correct me if I'm wrong. But basically Warren Buffett, famous uh, investor that he is, oft-quoted investor, he says the type of companies that he invests in basically come down to if it's, you know, if it looks like a good company today, you 
know, that's one thing, but he invests in companies that will still be a good company 25 years from now. And so that's, that's another interesting way to sort of think about it. Even if you are a stock investor, I'm definitely not, but um, you think about real estate, if you're buying a, a condo or a property, is this condo that you're buying today going to be a good, um, hopefully better, much better property 25 years from now than it is today? And so when you start thinking like that, you, it might affect how you make your decisions a little bit differently. So if you, you know, for example, if, you, if you're being offered a condo in some outlying area of the city, um, in some forgotten corner uh, of some suburb or something, and there's some great deal uh, one night only or things like that. Um, ask yourself, is this going to be a, a better or a great area 25 years from now? Is this going to be a great location 25 years from now? Is there infrastructure coming in place that is going to dramatically transform this area into something much more than it is right now? These are the kind of questions you want to ask yourself. And I think a lot of times uh, people make bad decisions on where to invest, especially in condos, based on price. Because if something looks cheap, then therefore it's a good investment, is the reasoning. But uh, I think what's gonna, what those people find often is over the long term that there's a reason why those things are cheap. and There's a reason why certain properties are cheap. And if you want to go back and listen to another podcast, listen to my interview with Don Campbell, uh, well-known expert on real estate investing, and listen to him talk about some of the mistakes that he made early in his career. I think that might resonate with you as well. But I want to get back to on track here and, and give a few examples of what I mean by thinking in centuries or you know, maybe not centuries in the case of real estate investing, condo investing, but Definitely at least thinking in terms of decades, you know, what's happening in the next decade as opposed to what's happening the year after. And the first example is Young and Eglinton. I mean, to me, this one is just blatantly obvious, but for some reason, so many people are still not, are missing out or not understanding what's happening at Young and Eglinton. Um, you know, the $5 billion investment of the LRT should be enough alone for people to understand that this is a great, great place to invest today before this LRT is completed. Um, again, you look at other cross-sections of the, uh, the uh, transit network, uh, if you were able to invest in those areas five, six, seven years before that was completed, you know, that's, that's where the money is to be made, not, not once it's already in place. Uh, the time to buy a Young and Eglinton, again, in my opinion, is now. I think that area is essentially one of the top three, four, or five neighborhoods in the city today. And 25 years from now, in terms of Warren Buffett's timing, I know, I know 100% it's going to be a much, much better neighborhood than it is right now. It's not even going to take that long. That's the beauty of it. Once this LRT comes in, it's really going to speed up the transformation of uh, the entire Eglinton Corridor. And of course, Young and Eglinton is the heart of it. Young and Eglinton is the center of it. It's the bullseye. It's where you want to be. If you're anywhere in Eglinton, you might as well be Young Eglinton. And uh, that is just, uh, to me, that's a sleeper. A lot of people don't understand the upside that is coming there. 
because it's not right in front of them. It's a little bit more subtle. You have to understand it, what the neighborhood a little bit deeper. And I think a lot of people just have never been to Young and Eglinton. So again, I encourage you, if you're thinking about getting into the market, if you're considering different areas, definitely, definitely, definitely consider downtown, first of all, the core of the city. But second, uh, to me right now, second place would probably be Young and Eglinton. Take a look at that area, spend some time there, walk up and down Young Street and Eglinton, walk into side streets, uh, take a few hours out of your day, do yourself a favor and get to know Young and Eglinton if you have never been there before. If you've already been there, then you know what I'm talking about and all you got to do is get out there and get investing. The second example I want to give you of this concept is the waterfront of Toronto. So right now, uh, I would say for the most part, the waterfront is crap. Uh, we've, we've messed up our waterfront for decades and decades, but a time is coming. It's, the momentum is there. The political will is there. Waterfront Toronto has been in place for a number of years. The plan is there. It's starting to come together. The new Queen's Key section, which was just opened up, gives us a very good indication uh, and a very nice taste of what's to come for the entire waterfront area. And it's looking very, very nice. Um, the The waterfront of Toronto will will become a very, very desirable place to live uh, in the decades to come. So definitely, definitely, definitely keep the waterfront on your radar um, this year, next year, in the next couple of years. And again, now is the time to to take a look at that area before it's all built out. You look at the East Bayfront, the entire East Bayfront is a giant master plan community, which is uh, just starting to be coming together with, uh, with some of the buildings that are completed. The East Bayfront area really starting to get a sense of what's happening there. Daniel's Waterfront, of course, coming up this fall is going to be a big, important piece of that puzzle as well. So the waterfront in Toronto would be another area where you definitely don't want to don't want to miss out on that and sleep on that because that is going to be a fantastic area um, to live, to work, and to play in the years to come. The third example I want to give you uh, are unit sizes, and it's basically so you want to spread the spectrum. You want to think small, but you also want to think big. What I mean by that is small units. You, you, that's been my bread and butter and my advice to my clients for the last uh, better part of a decade now is go small. The small units are the future. People who say, oh, these units are too small or how can anybody live in a space like this or, oh, this condo is as big as my closet. Forget about those people. They do not understand the condo market. They do not understand the dynamics of city living. Uh, most likely, they've never traveled anywhere outside of Canada. I hate to say it, but uh, there's a lot of ignorance behind those types of comments, in my opinion. And they're just not understanding the, re the reality of what's happening in this city, what kind of a city it is becoming. But not just Toronto. This is a global phenomenon. We are seeing people move into cities at an unprecedented rate across the world. And Toronto is no exception. People love uh, to live close to work and close to amenities and they want to have a high quality of life which basically comes down to they don't want to drive. People do not want to be in cars. 
And so it all translates into urban, dense city living, which translates into more and more expensive pricing, which turns into smaller and smaller units, which are cheaper, more affordable, will always be in demand, always be, there will always be a market for smaller units, both on the rental side and also on the resale side. So affordability is a very good thing. Again, look around a lot of cities of the world, it's very hard to find affordable real estate. You listen to my podcast with Jeannie Shim. We talked about this. Uh, look for the podcast with Jeannie Shim from Housing Lab Toronto. We talked about how unique Toronto is because we do have affordable housing in the downtown, in the core of the city where average people can actually live and afford to purchase and to rent properties that are just a few minutes walk away from the financial core of one of the best economies in the entire world. That's a very good thing. So small units are still good. I am still bullish on small units. I'm not going to veer away from that, uh, despite what the naysayers are saying. And the second thing, the other side of it I said is big units. So think small and think big. Um, On the other side of the spectrum, I'm not contradicting myself. I'm actually just um, pointing out the fact that bigger units are also very important. It's the stuff in the middle that you really get squeezed on but and you want to avoid the middle size stuff. But small units are great, smaller sizes of, of a given type of unit, as I always say. But bigger units are starting to become more and more important as well for families. So people who are getting married and having kids, they cannot afford housing in Toronto, low-rise housing, That dream is slowly dying for many, many people, and it's growing every single month as prices of low-rise housing continues to go up. So more and more people are going to be looking at two-bedroom and three-bedroom condos to live in, not just for one or two years, but now they're going to be saying, I'm going to be living in this for five, six, seven years. I might have one or two kids in in the unit before I eventually move out into a house. So bigger units are also uh, an important part of, uh, they should be an important part of any investor's portfolio as well as the small stuff. So again, that's thinking longer term, big picture, what's happening. And finally, uh, the fourth example I want to give of this concept of thinking in centuries, thinking long term, what we want to do as real estate investors, the fourth concept is invest in the downtown core. I talk about this all the time, but bread and butter of where you want to be as an investor, not 100, 100% all the time, but most of your portfolio, in my opinion, as a condo investor, you want to be in the downtown core of downtown. You want to be close to transit, subway, financial district, jobs, jobs, jobs. You want to be in the core of everything. And for the simple reason that supply of land is very limited, it's getting less and less every single year, the density is increasing every single year, uh, prices of land just keep going up, therefore the prices of property and the price per square foot of these condos will follow as well. And the other thing that's interesting is uh, if you look at Toronto versus other cities, something I'm starting to track, and I'd like to do more research on it, but something I'm tracking to, to let you know is 
is the the uh, suburbs to downtown price ratio in Toronto versus other cities in the world, other big cities. In most big cities, there's a huge, huge difference in prices from the downtown core, minutes to the financial center and everything downtown, to the suburban areas, you know, an hour to an hour and a half outside of uh, the downtown core. Uh, but we do not see that in Toronto, and it's very interesting. So again, a lot of people are buying condos in suburban areas and things for uh, for approximately $500 a square foot, we'll call it, in July of 2015 when we're recording the podcast. And you can still get great real estate in the core of Toronto for about $600 a square foot. So it's a very marginal difference, five hundred to six hundred dollars a square foot. You go to other cities, you know, New York, cities like that, the ratio, the the difference is staggering. It's you know, it's like it's more like two thousand, three thousand dollars a square foot versus five, six hundred dollars a square foot. I mean it's it's a it's a multiple factor, it's not an incremental difference. And so that is just going back to my belief. It's just more anecdotal than any, anything, but uh, I'll go out there and say that I believe that this ratio, again, in the long term, if we're thinking long term, that ratio is going to look more like New York City type of a ratio than it does what it is right now, which is just a slight incremental difference. And so the growth is going to come in the downtown core. The suburban areas will grow, but at a much slower pace. And that's not rocket science. It's not news to anybody. It shouldn't be news to anybody. Uh, that is a pattern that we've seen over many decades, that the downtown uh, core is going to grow faster than the suburban areas. So that is my podcast for this week. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it wasn't too esoteric for you. I tried to bring it home with some real-life concrete examples of what I'm talking about. But I hope that helps you as an investor to think long-term, think in centuries, as my great uncle would say. And uh, until next time, I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.